Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews of the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and this podcast, I'll be, br- I'll be talking about all of the things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge, want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater, or just want to hear some thoughts on a classic or foreign film, Ray Taylor Show has you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes, and let's dive into the world of film and television together. In this episode, I am reviewing Decision to Leave, Park Chan-wook's newest film, came out this year, written and directed by Park Chan-wook, also co-written by Chung Seo Kyung. Uh, One of my favorite directors I recently reviewed or talked about and ranked uh, my top five Park Chan-wook films. So if you want to hear my in-depth opinions on my favorite Park Chan-wook films, uh, check that out. Top five Park Chan-wook films, Ray Taylor Show. Uh, And one thing about doing that is that it, it kind of gets me in the vibe of a director when I get to watch all of their work at the same time so coming into this movie i knew this was a movie coming out this year i was anticipating this movie looking forward to watching this movie and it finally became available on streaming through i think mubi which i signed up for a trial version just so i could watch this film and it's a movie that i enjoy it's a movie uh the brief summary of this film a detective investigates a man's death in the mountains. Meeting, uh, He meets the dead man's mysterious wife in the course of his sleuthing. It's a neo-noir mystery detective film, a, a movie that uh, has a lot of twists and turns, that is for sure. And definitely allows Park Chan-wook to really flex his muscle uh, bringing a stylistic view to this movie. Kind of reminded me of some of his, uh, the short film that was in the Three Extremes series called Cut. Uh, there, you know, this being a, a pretty dark movie, uh, you know, mystery, but also has sprinkles of humor throughout, which I appreciated. So it's another great Park Chan-wook film, I would say. Maybe not my favorite of his if I had to redo the top five list. Uh, This would probably be on the list, but not very high. I don't know. I I don't even remember what my list is of his top five. But it's not my favorite of his, but still better than the majority of films coming out. And I would say... He is getting better as a director, despite the fact that this movie may not be on my top five of his list of movies. Uh, You know, it's still a great film, and he's doing very interesting things uh, in this mystery film uh, about a sad detective suffering from insomnia. I... At some point, I should do a top five of movies featuring where a main character is dealing with insomnia. This movie, you have the movie Insomnia uh, and also Fight Club. And I'm sure there's other movies where the main character is suffering suffering from insomnia. 
We have great uh, performances by our lead, Hey June, played by Park Hey Il, uh, playing the detective. Great performance from him. Also, we get a uh, great performance from the actress uh, who is the suspect in this crime. Sio uh, Ray is her character's name, played by Tang Wee. Uh, her performance was amazing as well. Definitely, like, definitely two standout performances from this movie of, you know, this unconventional story. A love story on some levels, mystery. Uh, maybe not unconventional, but very unique, I would say. Uh, so it's about this detective who starts to fall in love with this woman who's a suspect in a murder um and he becomes increasingly drawn to her over the course of the the film uh this has many twists and turns in this film uh, as things unfold uh and uh definitely has a lot of park chan wook's kind of notable themes as far as crime drama romance thriller uh, and as I said before, seasoned with a bit of comedy. There are definitely some scenes in this movie that have a comedic flair to them. Almost like one of them reminded me of like Wes Anderson, which is kind of weird in a way to have Park Chan-wook evoke the, the thoughts and emotions of a Wes Anderson film, which I would say Sympathy for Mrs. Vengeance, I believe it's called, Miss Vengeance also has a lot of Wes Anderson vibes to that film. Uh, but the comedy kind of has that Wes Anderson vibe, also Coen Brothers vibe to it, just sprinkled in. It's not a comedy, but there's definitely some comedic moments where, like, the way this movie starts off definitely made me feel like it was going to be more wacky than it ended up being. It definitely ended up being more dark and grounded of a mystery. Uh, but the the little sprinkles of humor throughout, I, I think, give it give it a heart and give it a realness that uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Made made me love this movie even more. Just kind of filled it out, rounded it out a little bit more where it's not just this this mystery that's in some ways kind of confusing. I mean, our main character has insomnia and I, I want to think that. Park Chan-wook did it on purpose, told this story in the style that it's told and edited and directed to be a little bit disorienting as somebody who may have insomnia would experience life a little bit disorienting. And in its confusion, I could see how maybe some audience members might be a little confused, might be a little bit difficult to follow along. But once... At least for me, once I noticed that it had those kind of flourishes, that it was kind of doing those things, I was along for this this crazy ride. So, I would say this movie, very much a kind of a unique type of a love story, definitely in that vein of a neo-noir or a noir film where you have a detective and the suspect that he's investigating, get, they kind of have this connection and very, you know, Park Chan-wook, no stranger to kind of an offbeat or different type of telling of a love story in his vampire film Thirst or the kind of offbeat 
almost hipstery comedy in I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay. Definitely both have unconventional love stories told very interestingly within these kind of like surreal movies. At least I'm a, a cyborg, and I, but I'm okay with that. Very surreal type of a movie that has that offbeat humor to it and an interesting, unique type of a love story. Uh, Thirst vampire movie, very similar as well. Maybe not as offbeat, but definitely a new take on things. You know, the vampire, and I would say vampire movies pretty commonly have a love interest in them. Uh, But also fun moments, as I said, Three Extremes cut. Very interesting stylized type of a a look from Park Chan-wook in that short film from Three Extremes. But also probably the most comedy that he has had. I mean, it's definitely not a comedy definitely more of a dark comedy that that short film but interesting to see that humor because there's not a lot of humor in a lot of Park Chan-wook's films um they definitely can can you know tap into emotions pretty pretty severely uh there are some very emotional gut punches in a lot of Park Chan-wook's films uh but comedy isn't necessarily something I mean, it's definitely a flavoring that he likes to use within his films. And and I'd say this movie has that as well. But definitely more of, you know, very stylized directing and editing, I would say. You know, it this movie, the way it's edited and told, like, things float in and out of, like, metaphorical to grounded to almost reenactments as characters like as the detective is staking out this suspect there's scenes where he is shown to be in the same place as the suspect while in reality he's you know looking far away with binoculars through a window uh and as people recount stories of events those stories kind of play out and it's all almost seamlessly floats in and out, which I would say very much ties in with the disorientation you would have dealing with insomnia. This detective who can't sleep, he's obsessed with these crimes that are unsolved uh, and, you know, goes on these stakeouts because he can't sleep. And, you know, it in some ways is affecting i mean as he is shown in the beginning of this film driving as he's staking out a suspect almost falling asleep as he's driving or possibly even uh tailing them but kind of an interesting style where it feels it's jumping around from different perspectives and things but I would say handled it like could easily go off the rails and easily make this movie far more difficult to follow along with. But I think once you get the handle on how Park Chan-wook is telling this story, it's easier to kind of go with the flow as it were as he's kind of telling all these, you know, telling this story in a very disorienting way. But I, you know, I appreciated that. I it's it's unique, kind of stylized, a lot of stylized shots, which I gorgeous. A lot of like shots that are set up and just look beautiful throughout this entire film. I mean, 
stylistically, Park Chan-wook is, I think all of his films have a unique and beautiful style to them, and this movie's no different at all. Uh, but it's definitely a movie, I would say, a must. If you're a Park Chan-wook fan, obviously a must. If you're a, a neo-noir fan, uh, you know, you like those types of stories, this is definitely a great one. A well-written story. Almost has vibes as well as the... He did one... God, what was it? It was like about the the border between South and North Korea. I forget what the, the name of that film is. One of his earlier films. Probably not his... His best, like, definitely not as stylistic, but definitely, I would say, shows... I'm not, I'm not even sure if he wrote it, but it definitely shows he's a great storyteller. Even in telling, like, a mystery, how he's able to let things unfold and, and kind of come out as the story's going along. Um... So you have Hey June as the detective investigating this suspect's death of a man who's fell off a mountain, right? Suspected suicide, but you don't know. And his wife, much younger than him, he's like 60 years old. She's probably like in her 30s or whatever. So she is a suspect. And through the course of this, this, uh, this movie, you see that there's kind of a connection between them. But... So it starts off, he's investigating, this movie starts with him investigating this thing, he's on the scene of the crime, and he's has to go up, and we see one of the first comedic moments that, that made me feel like maybe this movie's going to be more of a comedy than I had thought, because I didn't know anything going into it, other than it was a Park Chan-wook film. And there's a scene where he's like, you know, he's a by-the-book, thorough investigator, and because this guy fell off of a mountain, off the top of this mountain, he wants to retrace the steps that he fell. So it's like this sheer cliff. And he's using this like motorized thing to help him scale this, this sheer mountain face. And as he's doing that, his partner is just like strapped to his back, which is just uh, imagery is hilarious just absolutely hilarious as he's like using this machine to like bring them up so they don't have to actually climb and then his his partner is like strapped to his back like a baby you know in one of those baby backpacks but instead of on the front he's just like hanging off the back like why are we even doing this why aren't we going the easier route around the back of this mountain and you know the detectives you know we got to do this right this is how we fell down so we need to go up and see see like everything we need to we need to follow the the steps correctly so very similar very very funny very funny let's take a little break from the show to promote the benefits of inspired disorder plus so you go inspireddisordercom slash plus sign up five dollars a month you get to binge the full week of the ray taylor show ad free you get to watch all of the live painting videos i do you get a special members only discount and deals for all of the artwork and merch that i sell you also get the complete podcast back catalog of every podcast i've ever produced hundreds of episodes 
episodes, countless different podcasts. You also get access to my personal blog. A new blog comes out every week. In addition to that, you get my creative writing that I'm releasing. You also get access to asking me anything. 14 years of experience podcasting. I've been creating art my entire life. I've been using Photoshop since middle school. And you can contact me to ask me questions about that or anything else. So those are the benefits for signing up for Inspired Disorder Plus. And now let's get back to the show. And, uh, you know, we find out the man's wife, C.O. Ray, uh, she's called in for questioning. And we find out that she's been abused by this guy. She's been branded by this guy. We see that all of his things are branded with his initials on them, his phone case, his wallet, his flask. And she has a tattoo of his initials on her. So it's definitely a man who's very possessive and obviously abusive. So almost giving her motive to want to kill this guy because he beats her. And as the investigation goes on, obviously more is uncovered. And the story ends up taking a lot of twists and turns. And ultimately, it's, it's, it's like this tragic, tragically beautiful and unique love story. Right? About two people that can't be together. But in, and come from very different lives, come from di- very different perspectives but somehow are almost perfect together. Like there's definitely scenes where you're seeing them and how they interact, whether it's a meal or out on a walk, you see that they, there is like an effortless connection between the two of them. But you know that there's no reality where that could be realized. So very interesting type of a love story. Um, you know, and just two people that fit, but from such different places, but uh, it just could never work. Um, so as I want to talk about this movie, I want to talk about spoilers. So spoiler warning for those as I kind of dig into the details of this movie, because I did enjoy this movie quite a bit. Um, so spoiler warning. So we see Hey June, which is kind of a funny... <laughs> I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong, but that's kind of how it's written out. My my Americanized translation of a Korean name. Uh, like, you can see that he's immediately drawn to this woman. Say, uh, Seo Rae, right? Puts her under surveillance. And then you see Seo Rae kind of surveilling him. And like following him as he's doing like in investigating this crime he's also investigating other crimes and on one of these stakeouts where she's following him you see this kind of cool scene where he's chasing down him and his partner are chasing down uh, a suspect and it ends up on a roof and the guy puts pulls out a knife and then the detective puts on like this chainmail glove to grab the knife and he ends up beating the guy. And meanwhile, she's just kind of at a distance watching all of this happen. So you're seeing that she's like knows that he's surveilling her and she's doing the same to him. And it's almost like she's playing with him, almost like they're flirting in a way. Right. It's like this 
flirting via detective work where they both know that each other is watching them so they're in some ways performing for them as they're watching saying things that they know is being recorded in a way to communicate it's like a very interesting way for these this suspect and this detective are kind of doing this kind of cat and mouse thing but really it's more of a flirtation thing in the language of detective very very unique very like interesting like really draws you in and and shows how like perfectly they fit like the fact that she is communicating to him in his same language of detective sleuthing is so unique and and so like beautiful in a way uh and he finds out that she's wanted in china right she's she can't go back to china if she does she'll be arrested life in prison whatever because she's suspected of killing her mom but we find out that like obviously it's not as simple as that she learned how to be a nurse her mom was sick so she learned how to be a nurse to take care of her and in many ways her killing her mom was helping her mom end end the pain and the suffering right and now she does similar things for other grannies right she has this monday granny she has a different granny that she takes care of and they all love her they all treat her as if she's their grandchild right but she has this past and that's why she's probably that's why she's in korea that's why she's you know maybe with these people that you know don't treat her well right she can't she she knows she can't go to the police about her husband beating her because she fears of being deported and sent back to china where she'll just be put in prison right so due to her circumstances trying to do the right thing for her mom kind of puts her in a situation where she has to live a certain lifestyle which is just kind of crazy um so they end up kind of they have this kind of secret relationship right as they were flirting eventually it gets to a point where and and hey june's like situation in life he is like has he's married but he only sees his wife on the weekends there's this conversation with him and his wife early on in the movie where somebody was talking to his wife and saying like the certain percentage of people that have weekend marriages don't last and her comeback was oh well people who have sexless marriages don't last either but their situation so he has like this apartment he works out of town he's in this apartment for five days of the week and then comes home to his wife who has a job in this other town ipo and he's there on the weekend so while he's at his apartment he starts having and it's not really necessarily like a sexual relationship it's definitely like just they go on walks and get to know each other she gets to know a lot about him at least um they he cooks for her they you know they prepare meals she kind of helps him with his investigations it's kind of just an interesting he's trying to learn chinese right to so he can communicate with her because she's you know very uncomfortable with her korean like just 
a very interesting dynamic between these people that can't be together for so many reasons. I mean, he's married. She's potentially killed her husband. Um, although it's kind of eventually there's no proof. So it's kind of, and I think that's when they start hanging out is once she's kind of cleared of this crime then they start hanging out and she sees his apartment she sees behind one of his curtains how he has all these pictures put up uh and those those are like the unsolved crimes that he kind of goes back to and those are the things that keep him awake those are the things that are responsible for his insomnia and in her trying to help him out she tries to she kind of introduces new ideas into one of the cases uh referring to maybe this person is still in love with another person even though that person got married or whatever it's like just because somebody gets married doesn't mean that your feelings for them disappear and leads him to basically solve that crime right not successfully but you know at least it's a, a case that can be closed finally so she's kind of in in a way not only helping him try to sleep in that way trying to remove some of these unsolved cases from this wall but also she has techniques that she learned from US Navy of how to go to sleep and she help does this with him one night to help him sleep. So she's really trying to help him, right? Which we actually see later on is a little bit more like a little bit more de deceptive, right? She's doing she has a purpose behind it. Right? She's playing him in a, in a lot of which when that reveal happens is crazy. And gets to a point where she's like taking the pictures down to burn them because it's like, okay, you need to get rid of these things. And she starts taking the pictures down of her because her case is closed, right? When they're going on this walk, she, she, he has all these recordings that he does with his smartwatch of, you know, things that he notices and, you know, just that's how he takes his notes through these voice memos. And she's listening to them while they're on these walks bonding. And she's like, well, you don't need these anymore. She starts deleting all those. Right? He ends up keeping a couple pictures of her because he likes them. He likes the way she looks. Right? So she allows him to keep, you know, a few of the pictures. But while he's taking care of, of Monday Granny, right? I forget exactly why she's not able to show up i think oh another one of her grannies is in the hospital so he offers to go take care of monday granny and while taking care of her she's having problems with her phone and he gets the phone and he's like oh you need to you know close all these apps you have too many apps open and one of the apps is like a fitness tracker and he sees on one of the days it has it shows that this granny this old lady who's never left her apartment in a decade went up 138 flights of stairs which is insane and he realizes he starts putting things together and starts to realize that oh maybe Sio Ray actually did do this thing and then you see as he's recreating to see if his ideas correct you also see alongside that what CO Ray may have done to pull off this thing, right? And it's beautiful how it's how it's told. 
It's also tragic because he realizes this woman that he cleared, that he clearly has a thing for, in some ways, you know, now he finds out that she did do it. She, it's possible she did do it, right? This is proof, this phone that shows she swapped the phones out so that her phone would stay at Monday Granny's, right? So when they check the phone records, she that's her alibi. She took the granny's phone because the service that she works for calls in to check to make sure that the the nurse shows up. And when the patient can't answer the phone, the nurses will answer the phone. So while she's doing this thing, she's answering the phone, right? And, of course, the detectives didn't check granny's phone because that's not part of the investigation. But that's why it shows on her thing that she because she went up the mountain. 138 flights of stairs. And when he gets to the mountain, he looks at his phone. It's 138. And it's like, oh, no, this woman played me. Right? And then you think she deleted all of the evidence that he had. All of the things that he was researching to find her out. She completely played him. Completely played him. Made him think whether there was a connection there or not was able to use his attraction to her and his affection towards her in a way for her to get the to have the ability to delete all the voicemails to burn all the pictures you know but there's this one piece of evidence left that's like okay I, i think i got her now And it's just, you know, it's it's one of those great moments. Maybe not as much of a gut punch. Like, there's definitely big gut punch. There's definitely a gut punch at the end of this movie. But it's definitely one of the many twists in this. Like, oh, she's, like, been masterminding this whole thing. I want to take a quick break from the show to let you all know that there is official merch for the Ray Taylor Show. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com. You can get t-shirts, different artwork available, different designs, all on high quality materials in all the sizes. There's also iPhone cases made of biodegradable material. That's right. This is not bad for the environment. This is good for the environment. So all of those designs that are available on t-shirts are also available on phone cases designed by me, sold by me. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com to support the Ray Taylor show and promote it out in the world so all of the people in your life can see that you are a fan of the Ray Taylor show. Now, let's get back to that very show right now. But then he goes, confronts her, and finds, you know, she helps put the the remaining pieces together of why certain things, other things, like there's this letter that was sent that seemed like it was a suicide note. There were these threats against her husband, which there were threats, but she manufactured the letters. She manufactured the letter that sounded like a, a potential suicide, right? She fills in all the the holes that still existed for this detective. And he decides 
because of his attraction to her, decides to help cover it up, right? Get, replaces Granny's phone, and he tells her, you need to get rid of this phone, throw it in the ocean, because it's the, la- it's the only piece of evidence that's left, is this phone with these steps showing that you took the phone, fu- you know. And he tells her that she shattered him, like she shattered his heart, or, you know, sh- she shattered him. She doesn't know the word shattered. So she, after he leaves, she looks it up and sees the definition. And in that moment, she cries and she realizes that she broke a good man, right? He's trying to help her out. He authentically cared for her in a way she's probably never experienced from a dude because she, because of her situation, is with this guy who's treated her like garbage, Right. And she in using this guy, she realized that, oh, he loves her. And she broke him and she feels regret for that in that moment with just like this single tear, you know. Crazy. And then you see kind of things change, you know, he goes moves back in with his wife. Right. He moves to Ippo which is a small place, not a lot of crime, you know, so it's the thing that he's obsessed with, solving murders, solving crimes, he's kind of removed from that, you know, like he's experiencing a lot of depression, still has the insomnia. His wife, a character that's mostly sidelined for this movie, I mean, she's somebody that has her own job, lives in a different city, different place, so we don't, but she seems like a nice person, but clearly not a person that fits with him in the same way C.O. Ray does. But he tries to distance himself from that, moves away, goes to this other place, goes to try and rekindle this life with his, his wife while also dealing with the depression of his life, you know? And then he sees her in a, in a market randomly with a new husband, uh, you know, a, another dirtbag guy. And that guy ends up stabbed. And it's like, okay, right? I know you killed your first husband. This has now happened. I know they're not good guys, but you better have a rock solid thing. And it's just, it's like a thing in the movie where it almost loses some momentum after he tries to help her and then moves away and then now there's this other death and it's like what another death and the way things like come together even though they found the guy that actually killed him even though she like brilliantly covered her tracks the way this movie ends like this this brutal ending right where in her mind the only way like there's no way that she could be with him right there's no way he's going to even though his wife leaves right seems like she has her own thing on the side too right she eventually leaves and even though maybe they could have been together but that you know he can't like this she's she's a criminal she's killed too many people 
right? He knows that she's done that, and it goes against everything he stands for as a detective, right? He's this great detective guy, you know. He's, I mean, not he's not like a brilliant guy, like a like a Benoit Blanc or anything like that, but he's, you know, he's dedicated to being a detective and solving these crimes, and you know that that gives him a lot of. I mean, that's what he's obsessed with. That's what his passion is being a detective and to be with her goes against everything so they're despite the fact they fit so well together it's like a love that could never happen which is tragic right and she knows that and she knows that the only life she can ever have is going to be a life with people that aren't going to treat her right And she feels the only way to forever be with this guy, this detective, is to become an unsolved crime. The thing that he will always have up on his wall, the thing that will he will always think about at night, he, the only way she can be with him forever. Kind of a poetic, tragically poetic end. And the way she does it is just insane, right? He's trying to go stop her, doesn't know what she's going to do. But she goes to the beach and digs a big hole and then sits in the hole with the bucket in her, in her lap and waits for the tide to come in to basically suck all the water into the hole and bury her under the sand of the beach so by the time and it's like a scene where you see how time passes by where the sun is right when she first gets there the sun's like not even close to setting yet right it's still you know it's still got a ways to go and there's the great shot of the sun as the the tide comes in and washes the sand down and you see you know the sun and then by the time he gets there the sun is already kind of gone below the horizon. So you're seeing passage of time by the sun where it is based on the horizon. And you're seeing how he's gotten there way too late. Like even by the time where he finds out where she is under the sand, probably dead already, right? Drowned. I would imagine the way she did that is the missing fentanyl pills that she kept. I have a feeling she took those, right? So she got in the hole, she took the pills, and then probably passed out, and, you know, the water kind of just did the rest, did, you know, buried her under the sand, which is just, it's, like, so unique, <laughs> you know? Like, by far the most kind of gut-punch, brutal suicide you could, you could come up with, right? It's brilliant. Right, letting the tide come in and fill in this hole with the sand that, and even where she put the sand past the hole, you know, obviously as the the water comes in, it's going to pull that sand right back over that hole as it as it comes in and out. Brilliant, brilliant, and tragic, where he's never going to find her. N never, never going to find her. Unless they, they do, like, 
who knows how they would i it's like i don't understand how they couldn't it wouldn't wouldn't be able to you know just like a brilliant kind of brutal end to it and also very like poetically beautiful right this tragic person that found somebody who actually cares for her and they fit so well together but because of who he is and what he's passionate about they could never be together so very brutal traumatic love story at the same time uh but just it's just the the twists and turns of this movie are so great uh it's just a beautiful movie right decision to leave absolutely beautiful engaging mystery film that keeps you on your toes right because the the momentum the storytelling constantly moving you're constantly having to like put the pieces together of what you're what you're seeing and just gorgeous it's just thrilling and emotional great take on a you know a film noir setup you know great performances by the two leads parquet ill and tang we great performances by them i mean you know a movie that really really a lot of their relationship and the way they fit together is so much dependent on their chemistry as actors and it it's like perfect it's perfect her performance i would say is blew me away one of my favorite female performances of the year by far aside from the indian film gangubai kathiawati this is like this might be at or this is like those are my top two female performances uh, of the year uh and i'm sure neither will get a nomination but it is what it is uh and i think it's you know a great film despite its complexity i think the way it's handled the way it's told is brilliant you know director park chan wook he he knows how to make a great movie he knows how to tell unique stories he knows how to put the audience on a great ride and i think he does it again here absolutely highly recommend this movie uh, especially if you know if you're a Park Chan Wook fan, if it doesn't have, I would say there's movies like Old Boy or even like Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance or I'm blanking on some of his other films, but there's a similar gut punch, similar similar like tragic nature to it. But and also you know even in like Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, there's some comedy in that movie as well another detective type of a story i great he's one of my favorite directors one of my favorite storytellers working and everything he does it's just so interesting it constantly pushing himself a little bit further trying new things and and really showing his brilliance as an artist as a director and i really appreciate it so i'd highly recommend checking out decision to leave one of my favorite movies of the year i don't know where it's going to be maybe it'll i'm going to be doing my top five of 2022 list and uh the more i think about this movie the more i like it and i'm i don't know where it's going if it'll make my list or not so you'll have to to check in some a lot of great movies and i'm only doing a top five which is ridiculous maybe i should open it up to a top 10 
That way I can fit in more of these great movies that I loved. But uh, that will be coming up on Sundays. I do top five. So look forward to that. Uh, but as always, thank you all for watching and tuning in to the Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on Decision to Leave. Don't forget to tune in on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for more movie or TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube. Until next time, this has been Ray Taylor signing out. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.